When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Hi there, everyone, particularly those of you in the real estate industry. Hello. Um, you know how people in the in the insurance industry, a lot of them hate us. You know how that works? You know, because we, we tell people that they don't need a lot of what's being sold um, and that they charge too much in commissions and things and stockbrokers. We've done the same thing with them and, you know, a lot of other people. Uh, crypto people hate us. Well, now it's your turn, real estate people. <laughs> and this is not from us. We're just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. In the real estate industry, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and welcome to Talking Real Money. I'm Don. Tom's over there. Say hi, Tom. Say hi, Tom. Okay. In the real estate industry, when you buy or sell a house, it is customary that there is a commission. Most of the time, unless you're a FISBO. For sale by owner. Most transactions in America take place through a real estate agent and their brokerage firm. And those agents, the seller's agent, the buyer's agent, which are all really technically, well, in most cases, seller's agents, uh, they pay a percentage of the price of the house to the real estate companies for their work. And that used to be traditionally it was seven. It was yeah. seven across seven the board. Seven was the number, yes. I now remember. we're in the five to six range. But a lot of us, I mean, when you sell a million-dollar house, well, five to six, that's a lot of money. <laughs> How about a, a million lot. and a half? Because, I mean, a million and a half is not an outrageous amount in this market. Well, isn't that $100,000 or something? Yeah, $90,000. 90000 Heads up. Well, it turns out that the real estate industry has kept their buyers and or their uh, brokers and agents in line really, really effectively. Um, and uh, there hasn't been much negotiation in that because most of them are members of the National Association of Realtors trademark. Did you know that the term realtor? Yes, it always has not. Little... It's not a name for them. It's a trademark. Yeah. If you're a real estate agent who isn't a member of the National Board of Realtors, you can't use the term realtor to describe yourself. You have to call yourself a real estate agent. I believe, and if you're not and, a realtor, yeah. you can't be on the, um, uh, the, 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 the multi listing service, multi MLS, MLS. MLS. Yeah. In fact, when I meet a realtor for the first time, I ask to see the brand on them just to make sure it is. Oh, to make sure the, the, uh, the registered, the R. It, it's, it's usually the, on the side, the R and the circle, the, uh, just below the ribs there somewhere. Anyway, well, I want to see it. um, the, the NAR got sued in a class action suit and the judge ruled that, uh, they really couldn't force people to charge those high commissions. And, uh, you can start negotiating these fees. You could before, but now there is, it, it's agents are allowed to really get aggressive with this. They were discouraged in the past. 
And there's an article in MoneyWise that states that, uh, well, there could be a big shift a coming in the real estate industry. In fact, the numbers are astounding. Um, according to this author, $100 billion in annual real estate commissions could be cut by 30% and wipe out half of America's 1.6 million realtors. I mean, that's a $30 billion saving. And <laughs> it's kind of a lot that's, of money. Eight, that's 800,000 real estate agents out of work, according to their numbers. Which, which wouldn't yes, be a bad which, thing. Which, well, I mean, and if you follow <laughs> the industry, it's fascinating. When, when home prices go up, guess what? A lot more people become realtors or real estate agents. When they go down, a lot of people quit. If you can go back and look at the numbers, because in 2008, 2010, a lot fewer people were in the business. And all of a sudden, prices start going up. Oh, this is a good idea. So oh, it does yeah. go up and down. In 2007, I mean, I, I think literally half the people in my little town here were real estate agents. Every other person I talked to, oh, yeah, we're, we work in real estate. They didn't do it full time, but we work in real estate because, well, you know, they figure if they sold one house, you know, a million dollar house, they're uh, they're getting $15,000 in their pocket after splitting with their broker and the other agent even. It adds up, right? You do three or four of those deals a year. Yeah, it's a part-time job. That's Not pretty bad. good money. It is. It's more than, more than no offense, Starbucks, for example. Um, the NAR and fellow defendants were ordered to pay the amount to the sellers of more than 260,000 homes for conspiring to artificially inflate home sale commissions. Now, of course, this case is not decided finally no. because this will be appealed for many, many years ahead, I'm sure. But and the I'm writing is on the wall. I'm not going to get a penny out of the deal because I fizzbowed. <laughs> Oh, did you? I didn't even know that. Always fizzboed. Oh, good for you. That's brave. Um, and I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I believe my daughter, who's in the business, lists homes for between 1% and 2%. Now, I don't know what that means because there's still there's another party to all that. Somebody else may be charging more. I don't know the deal. So Yeah. But, but and, it points and we're going to get in trouble with her no matter what well, we no, do. She, but she, every but time, you know, it's funny. No. It's funny. I, I, I talked to a friend who works for uh, uh, Morgan Stanley. And he's always telling me that, yeah, we we uh, manage money for a fee. We only do it for a fee, and it's just one percent. Now, I don't believe him. I don't. I truly don't. When they can charge up to two something, and they're just charging one, eh, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, industry service the service industries in America are changing dramatically it's not just real estate Tom. right in front of your eyes i mean we, if you we, look around exactly it it's literally like is. in our business yep. commissions it used to be everybody who who provided investment advice worked on a commission and when even back when i started which wasn't that long ago okay it was long ago but there were still eight and a half percent commissions on mutual funds wow think that through for a minute Eight and a half percent. Then they went down to like 5.75. Yes, they and were. Five. Then they went to C shares, which hid commissions or B shares. But now it's moving toward fee only advice. There's a huge shift underway to, and those fees are compressing from the two range down into the ones and even below one for larger clients. Oh, no doubt. And by the way, for some people that don't want that full time sort of asset under management help, you can get hourly, right? Mm -hmm. 
you can get uh you could get uh, a set price for a year right they sometimes they'll say i'll pay you pay me you can buy a blank. plan yeah there's all kinds of things oh yeah financial plan absolutely so those fees have come down i mean i think the more significant one is the i th- believe you told me this recently 40 trillion dollars in exchange traded funds and mutual funds because in addition to those commissions which we think you should pay no commissions on anything especially a mutual fund and you certainly wouldn't on an exchange traded fund the fees to operate those have come down dramatically dramatically now think back don when you started in the business the earth had recently cooled and right. the buggy and whip was just going out the, of well business. when you had the b shares right then you would often have total expenses of two percent yeah i mean and now as i mentioned recently i mean you can you can get it for you can get it free at fidelity if you want the fidelity free funds i don't know the, the fidelity the zero funds zero funds pardon me free funds uh and you can get index funds for 0.1 and you're going to a little more sophistication get them for a bit more than that but pretty doggone cheap so those have come down and then there's other parts of your financial life that you should pay attention to because certainly tax returns accounting all of that has become commoditized in the last two decades to an extent that no one ever would have believed. A big surprise well, there. And it's just going to escalate from here because these are easily, I'll give you two two businesses that are easily commoditized. That'll be easy, easy, easy breezy for a computer to do because the bulk of the work, and I know you guys are going to argue, but you know, you're just protecting yourself. You need to open your eyes and see the writing it's it's not on your wall it's on your computer screen and the writing says if you prepare a tax return a machine can very easily digest every single bit of tax nuance except for the most complicated convoluted returns and do an incredibly good job of giving people all the deductions to which they're entitled the other industry that relies and don't lie to me, you guys in the, in the legal industry, the bulk of the work you do is templated. You know, it is, you do a will. It's a template. You fill in blanks. Don't lie. You know, you do. Now mine's not, mine wasn't, mine was very unique. My trusts and all that. Oh, sure. Yeah. There weren't, there weren't some templated forms that they just uniqueized. So wait, now you've taken on the insurance industry. You've mm-hmm. beat up the stockbrokers. Mm-hmm. You're all over the accountants, CPAs, lawyers. and you're coming after the lawyers? Yep. Dude, what's what I, left? I guess there's a big picture here. There is actually a big picture. I think there is. It's the, anything that a computer can do as well as you with artificial intelligence is going to threaten your job. Well, I think it's bigger than that for the people listening who need these services. I think it goes like this. I think in today's world, you basically have to try to negotiate every service you you get because there's there's squeeze room in there that you may not know about. That people they think, well, the price is the price. No, it really isn't. And so less you need to go less. in and say, yeah, you need to go in and say, would you be willing to do it for this? Um, What's fascinating though is that more and more the price of the product is the price of the product. It's it, you can't negotiate with Amazon. And a lot of car dealers are going with the no negotiation yeah, that we're going to sure. give you the best price we can give you. And that's the price. Products are different. Services are going to become massively negotiable. And you need to pay attention. You need to, you need to. And this is another reason, by the way, to talk to more than one person slash place. This mm-hmm. is another reason to really look around 
Um, and I hope this all works, but I did talk to three different pavers for your area there and I took the low bid. So I hope you don't slide off into the, into the abyss there because I took, well, as long as the asphalt is, is semi-solid by the time I get there, (laughs) we'll be be good. I just wanted to, I don't want to sink into it. (laughs) Never get out. There goes the trailer. Uh, but Uh, I think it's worthy of closer examination than it used to be. I think most people just said the price is the price. That's not true today. I'll put it that way. Well, but let's let's extrapolate this out a bit into the future. Just let's be soothsayers for a minute, which we're not very good at, but let's try it. If you are a young person, particularly if you're in high school, you know, if your kids are in high school or just starting in college, reconsider law or accountancy or financial Yeah, no, it's going to be a different business. Reconsider those things and think more because here's an area where I don't think there is room right now for um, negotiation. And that is in the skilled trades, things that a a computer cannot yet. And I don't see that happening because they're not very dexterous. A computer cannot rewire your house. Nor put the pavement down nor put the pavement down, no. nor fix the plumbing, change nope. out that valve, Turns out. sweat some pipes, yeah. build your, install your air conditioner, um, put up your wall. Well, the computers are starting to get into the big construction a little with, with uh, 3d work. printing, but yeah, you know, all I know is that when I had somebody come in here to build, to put my booth together behind me here, my soundproof booth, um, I paid these guys like $40 an hour, uh, to do that work. And it was just manual labor. So there's going to be a huge demand in the trades and you really, really should consider getting into those areas. Yeah. I think it's overlooked. I think, it, it, but I also believe in today's wildly expensive higher education costs that more and more people are saying, you know what? I don't need to go to college. I can find a trade that will pay mm-hmm. me well for the next 35 and years. And you're going to get paid while you're in apprenticeship in many cases. It's not like the old days where they would apprentice you for half a decade and give you nothing except, you know, a slice of bread, stale bread and gruel. And you'll be happy with it too, laddie. Um, Delicious. Yeah. Uh, you, you can get paid to, to, to learn. And the other cool thing is that if your parents or your grandparents set up a 529 for you, you can use 529 money for trade school or even better. You could put it in a Roth IRA and have your retirement plan already done when you're in your 20s. And this is a part of things that people forget is starting work early, saving early, investing properly for the first 15 or 20 years of your life. Huge difference by the time you get to age 50. Crazy Man, difference. This episode was just full of lessons. <laughs> I'm waiting for the feedback, for, oh, be feedback. for you. You're going to, yeah. your e-box will be full, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I get another bad review. What do you mean? There's a lawyer. I'm, you're, I'm sorry. You know it. You know, and that's the funny thing is that lawyers already know what's happening. It's getting harder and harder to find jobs for those guys coming out of law school. And it has become more commoditized. Getting those billable hours in is tough. They, it's why they, lawyers it's why lawyers charge you for just sitting around shooting the breeze. They don't shoot a, the breeze with a lawyer. No, Be careful. They, they may they may, by the way, have a new 
way to make money, and that's suing you. So we'll see. That might be a whole other. For what? I don't. I don't know. Sue Tom. He's the one with all the money. <laughs> I see. Go up to the deeper. Yeah, in my pocket. There's pocket nothing in there, me. so it might be longer, yeah. but not. Deeper. All right. So. Questions? Yeah, these are Got great. Them? You mentioned the five twenty nine, so this is perfect from Karen in North Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm. I've been listening to you guys for a little while now and I really appreciate your advice. My husband and I are starting very late, started mid-40s in the investing game, so we're catching up. We have no debt and are maxing out both Roth IRAs, awesome, and contributing 15% to my husband's 401k. That's terrific. Here's the question. Our children are now expressing interest in college. One is 15, the other is 20. Is it pointless to investigate 529s since it will not be invested very long to grow. Would you recommend a CD or Roth IRA in their name instead? Yeah. Tell them to become electricians. Just that was easy. Don says, go to the trades. You're all set. Because of the cool thing about a 529, because it can become a Roth IRA. Ah, Thank you. They don't have to have any earned income when you fund the 529. You see, if a kid doesn't have earned income right now, they can't do their own Roth IRA, but it's basically a sneaky tax-free backdoor Roth IRA called a 529 because once they have work, then that money can go into their Roth and start them on a faster track to really, really big numbers when they get into their 60s or 70s. And I think Don is absolutely right. Then this question of how to rec- what to recommend to invest in the Roth uh, slash 529. Um if it's going to be any part you're actually going to hand to them to use for higher education, that part at 15 or 20 should mostly be in cash or cash equivalents. If it's not, if you're going to be trickster, like Don points out, a globally diversified equity portfolio makes total sense because it's a long haul. And Utah offers dimensional funds. They do. And speaking of Utah, we have a question from Lonnie in Tacoma asking about that. Uh, Lonnie says, I have a My 529 investment. That's the Utah plan for my four-year-old grandson's college fund. He has $4,600. That is terrific, Lonnie. Invested in the Target 4243 fund. Now I'm assuming that means 2042. Oh, 2042. 2043. His year-to-date return. Wait a minute. Wouldn't they do a 2040 and a 2045? I don't know. I'm just reading the question. You can look it up if you want. No, I know there's no such thing as a 4243 fund. I've never heard of it, but his year-to-date return, this is the question, Uh for 2023 was 22.6%. My question, is there a better my 529 fund for my grandson. I prefer a moderately aggressive fund. Mm. And the answer is no, if you're talking, because what he might be talking about is the age-based fund, which I use for my kids and grandkids at Utah. So in that case, you could say it's an age-based fund. I'm in the aggressive age-based fund, I believe, for for my relatives. And uh, I haven't even looked at the performance, by the way. Because I know how the money's invested. I trust what they're doing with it. Oh, and I don't okay. need to look. He's in, he's in, yes, at, he's in one of the target enrollment funds at My 529. It's not a regular fund, it's their fund. And they call it the target 2042, 2043. And this, the, the, it's, it's 65% stocks, 35, I'm sorry, 65% US stocks. 35% international stocks, no bonds. 100% stocks. So how does that differ from their age-based portfolios? That is wonder. an age-based portfolio. Oh, okay. Their so target, they they yeah. call the funds target enrollment. Right. 
Yeah. So that's what and I'm using. And I think so it's that good. is the most aggressive of all the target enrollments. And what they have is they have one for each school year. Oh, see here. I just learned something new because I haven't actually gone and looked because I no longer have children. And uh, although I probably should do this for my grandkids. Yes, you so, should. Uh, right. For example, the target 2032-2033 is 20% bonds. No, 30% bonds and, and fixed income. That's it, uh, huh? And you get out to the, let's go out to the 2026. 2046 or 2026? 2026-27, which is just three Yeah, right. Be like my away. daughters. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is uh, 20. 38% stock. So it's a 40-60. It's the other way around. 40% in stock, 60% yep. in bonds. The idea yep. there is to make 5 or 6% reduce the volatility because you're going to be drawing on that money in a couple of years. Makes sense. And they use Vanguard's equity funds. I think you PIMCO mentioned dimensional. For fixed income. But the, for the target, they use Vanguard and PIMCO. Okay. Okay. Which again, very fine. Well, not a fan of PIMCO, huge fan of Vanguard. So, But they're getting a deal. I'm know? sure they are. They're not paying a commission, and they're probably no. not paying that huge expense ratio either. No, but uh, yeah, the, the 42-43 looks fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that return, to me, that looks just great. That's awesome. And here's the other part. You don't have to do anything. All right. I do is put the money in there a couple times a year, birthdays and uh, holiday, and that's it. I don't have to pay attention to it at all. So. I'm glad it did well, as Don said, last year. It sounds good to me. All right. Thank you for those questions. And if you want to ask questions of our individual advisors, just do it. It's free. We'll help you. Okay. We won't manage your money for free. Think about that for a minute. That We, we would be out of business and we couldn't afford to do this show. But we can help you some for free. And you, we don't believe in high-pressure sales pitches because we've never needed them. Have we ever? No, no, never. It's a Even dream at the job. beginning when it was dream out of my job Christmas. for somebody in the financial services industry. It really is. Back when I was a broker, we cold called like two nights a week. It was miserable, not just for us, but for the people we called. It was a miserable experience for everyone involved. And that was how we got new clients. It was either that or going out and attacking our relatives and people Which- we knew was encouraged. Is, By the way, I think I said Christmas or what I meant to say was even when we started the business out of my kitchen, we didn't do that. So I don't even know what you say anymore. So no, I, I, I know you don't pay attention, but in this case, I was referring to the way we started the business back we in 2009. <laughs> Probably we started it in, you know, on my kitchen table, basically that's where the business was. Oh, that's where the office was. Yeah, yeah you, was, you and Kevin starting. Yep, at your, right. at your kitchen table. Yeah, yep. and that's me all. in Florida. That's right. So, I don't know anyway. how that worked, but it did. It worked it did. out. But we never had to pressure anybody we'd never have. I never. mean, we just not just, once. No, no we so, really didn't. No, it was we like, treated people well. You know, if you treat worked. people right, it's a very, very effective strategy for business. It, it really, truly Turns is. Turns out, shockingly. Yes. But one of the things it requires is that you kind of have to be honest in the first place. It helps. Yeah, if you're selling indexed annuities, you're going to have to pressure people to buy those things, but not us. Anyway, you want to talk with one of our advisors, go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the Meet an Advisor button. There we go. Anything else to add while you wander away from the microphone? No, everything is great. Looking forward to talking to many of you and having a fantastic 2024 already. So bring it on. Yeah, we're 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 almost to the end of the first month of that, though. Look wow. at us. Shocking. 
Thank you all for being out there. We truly appreciate you. Tell a friend or, uh, you know, a hundred, you know, you go to go tell your friends at church, just stand up. Uh, Reverend, I have a little something I'd like to add. You know, everybody here, instead of working with the people sitting next to you in the pew who work for an insurance company or brokerage firm, I suggest you just listen to Talking Real Money on your way home in the car. There you go. Thank you all for listening and amen. That's a prayer, so I'll say amen as well. So, And okay. we'll be Talking Real Money. The opinions and views expressed on this podcast were current on the date recorded. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends that are based on current market conditions constitute our judgment and are subject to change without notice, including any forward-looking estimates or statements which are based on certain expectations and assumptions. Although information and opinions given have been obtained from or based on sources believed to be reliable, no warranty or representation is made as to their correctness, completeness, or accuracy. Information presented on the podcast is not personalized investment advice from Appella Wealth. The views and strategies described may not be suitable for everyone. This podcast does not identify all the risks, direct or indirect, or other considerations which might be material to you when entering any financial transaction. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and profitable results cannot be guaranteed. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. The podcast is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Wealth, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Please see Appella Wealth's ADV Part 2A on our website for information regarding Appella's fees and services. Appella Capital, LLC, DBA Appella Wealth, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The firm only transacts business in the states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration with the SEC or any state securities authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Appella does not provide tax or legal advice, and nothing either stated or implied here should be inferred as providing such advice. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and important disclosure related to performance of any specific index or fund quoted in this podcast. Is anybody still listening?